Hello and welcome to episode four of the Digital Identity Design Podcast. Hello. So just quickly before we get this episode started, look, I know this is the game that we're playing at the moment. This is episode four of a brand new podcast. And you know, when you're beginning something, uh, you just have to get used to the fact that it's not going to be the best quality that you want it to be. Um, just purely because I have yet to develop the skill of being able to speak to an audience quite well, and especially to a podcast audience. So hello, thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate it. I'm learning this craft just like you're learning to listen to me properly. Uh, so just saying it out there, I understand this is uh, a bit of a touch and go kind of situation. So thanks so much for being here. So uh, if you've gotten this far already, congrats. Uh, today we'll be talking about something that's quite... Um, quite difficult to put your finger on literally and figuratively because we're going to be talking about uh, qualitative and quantitative data. We have so much at our disposal and so much that we can work with as marketers and even as people that just want to progress their message out into the world through social media or through any other thing that we're going to be using as a tool uh, to get your message across. It's quite difficult to understand why do you need data? How is data good for you? What kind of data is good? What kind of data is bad? How to work with it? And all of those great things. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. It's going to be a little bit of a more casual type of episode because I'm going to be talking to you directly. And uh, I'm going to be using a little bit less show notes. We'll see how that goes. Again, this is a we're breaking in this episode um, and this podcast. So thanks so much for being here with me. My name is Anastasia and st- stay tuned until the very end of the podcast because I've got a thought question for this episode. And also as per usual, you can find the show notes in the description or you can catch me on my website, AnastasiaAnatoly.com. So thanks so much. And I'll see you in the main segment of the audio. So just to kick this off, I think we need to ask first, why collect data? How are you planning to use this data? What is this data good for? What is data? What is analytics? So when we talk about analytics, I'm talking about social media analytics in terms of Instagram and its integration with Facebook, because of course, as we all know, Instagram is owned by Facebook, yada, yada. you don't need this uh, as a repetition, you know this, right? So what we use Instagram analytics for is to better make decisions and thus adjustments to your content strategy. So if you see through your analytics uh, that you're curating to a mostly female auditorium, then you're going to have to curate content for that auditorium, right? And it's the same with your age groups and other sort of uh, demographics questions that might be at play here, right? So in terms of why collect it and why use it, data can help expose Uh, any issues you might have, and to also use that data to make your marketing and your sales better for either yourself or your business. And when I say yourself, I mean, most of us has an Instagram account, and most of us are trying to promote what we do uh, to an audience. And that way, it is very important for us to uh, get to grips with the analytics and what we can do with them. Uh, Because it's not just about, hey, let's just blindly create content, which is what I used to do, because I would kind of use my better judgment, like I would create photos of myself, and I'll put it out there. 
But as you can tell from my recent content, I'm trying to create the type of content that I would like my audience to be. So not just my personal friends and my family and anybody that's come to contact with me. It's actual business connections that might be helpful, either me for them, so thus creating value, or them to me. So most of my recent posts are something to do with uh, how can I provide a message? And that is something that is a conscious choice of me so not just using my instagram as a personal outtake but about how can i use it as a business tool so that's in terms of why we're using it it's pretty obvious let's continue onwards right so there's two types of data that you can collect one is quantitative data and one is qualitative data so quantitative data is the type of data which is numeric in nature and it is something that you can put a number on and it's the true scientific way of measuring something so this is the type of results that you can replicate again and again and it's predictable and it's quantifiable so hence why the name so quantitative data so quantity Ergo, you can measure it, all right? So qualitative data, on the other hand, is a type of data that you can't quite put your finger on, aka it's that sort of je ne sais quoi data. You don't quite know what it is. It's very ineffable, right? So it's something that you have a feeling for, and qualitative data is something that is not as translatable in terms that we can understand and communicate better, right? So when we make market research projects, we have two different ways of quantifying that. So you either have qualitative data or quantitative data, right? So either we work with numbers or with sentiment. That is the biggest definition between the two different types of data, right? So let's start with quantitative data. What is this quantitative data that is good for us, right? So quantitative data is, for example, your follower counts. Now, I understand that it is it's a vanity metric that a lot of people have a lot of negativity towards because in a way Instagram is dampening the influence of vanity metrics. So your follower count isn't as important as it used to be uh, because of the amount of bots and fake followers that a lot of different people use, right? So I'll admit it, me, a year ago, no, actually more, like maybe like two or three years ago, I did a stupid mistake. I had some bot followers because I really wanted to get up to that 1000 followers personal likes, right? And I bought maybe 500 followers. I dished them out over a couple of months at 100 at a time because I didn't want it to be too suspicious, right? And as a result, I didn't trust the algorithm anymore and the algorithm didn't trust me. Yes, I got up to that coveted 1000. So I got my 1k whoop whoop, right? But what was the point of that if I didn't trust that it was going to work for me? And the second thing was it just didn't reward me for it. Yes, I got to the vanity metrics, but what came with that is a lower amount of engagement, with this, which is the second type of metric that you need to be following. So your engagement is what the Instagram algorithm looks at to measure whether you are a good person to follow or a bad person to follow, aka are they going to recommend you or are they not, right? So sentiment, um, not sentiment, I'm sorry, uh, engagement is a lot harder to fake because you can have fake accounts that follow with followers, but they do not do the other sort of human things that we do. So we save posts to our own personal feeds. So you know that little save button that we have? So we click on that and it saves it so we can refer back to it, right? So even for me, like I put them into different categories and different, you know, 
things that I use it to organize with. And I love that feature. So that save feature is really, really important to me. And because I save a lot of other people's content, I assume that the in the Instagram algorithm goes, hmm, okay, this person likes this type of content. Let's give more of that kind of content to them, right? So because I've been doing a lot more of saving, I can actually see that the type of content that I'm saving, I'm getting a lot of feedback from, right? So rather than who I'm following, it's who I'm saving. So that's the 2020 twit tip in terms of what is important for the Instagram algorithm. If you want to have a certain type of engagement from a certain type of audience, you need to save their posts, right? And the second thing that you can do also is to engage with it via sharing. So if you share somebody's content or somebody shares your content, you will be a lot more uh, needed as an influencer. Uh, well, as an influencer, I'm putting it into massive quotation marks, as you can tell. Um, so engagement is just something that we can quantifiably measure. If your rate of engagement is quite high, that means that you've got quite a good following, right? So that's great. Awesome. Wonderful. Because the likes are cheap. You can buy fake likes, but you can't buy engagement. That type of like commenting or somebody saving your posts or... Uh, sharing your posts. Also, a funny thing about commenting, the Instagram algorithm is rumored to dismiss anything that's less than four words or four different emojis as a bot kind of engagement. So they don't take it seriously. Um, so if you think that just commenting under somebody's post, a single emoji is going to do anything, it doesn't really. Um, so that doesn't count as a really quality engagement. So yeah, so continuing on with other types of quantitative data um, is the timing. So what you can use it for is the best time of day to post and what kind of audience is listening to you at which times. So if you're posting during business hours, that's probably not the best time to engage with your audience, um, maybe on people's lunch breaks, that's a great time, or after work when people are commuting back to their homes, um, that's probably a really great time to set up your automated accounts to uh, send information for them to follow during that time, right? So use your better logic, but also back it up with the data, right? So the last thing is quantif quantitative data that you can measure is the click-through rate. All right. So returning back to Instagram and all of that sort of great stuff. And the reason why I'm talking about Instagram is because it's by far the most used platform across all different demographics and all different ages um, and places that people live and languages and everything. Like I know TikTok is rising uh, and it's got its very like young Gen X audience. I mean, like I'm part of that audience. I get it. Right. But it's not got that same vibe as Instagram has. And the same with Facebook, which is skewed towards the older demographic, right? So returning back to it, CTR, so click-through rate, is more from the internet marketing realm, but not so much internet, like social media marketing. But it's still an important metric to track if you want to understand how much traffic you're driving back to your website. Because if it is your goal for people to know that, to go to your website to buy your product or a service, you need to track that. I mean, Mm, people see that you're messaging them and like you're communicating with them, but are they actually responding to it? And it's a little bit different from just, oh, people, you know, viewed it or they liked it. Um, because you may see that people saw, okay, you have maybe like five buys from your website, right? But maybe you had a large amount of people drop off and not a lot of people uh, actually clicked through 
all of your like the one link that you have maybe people just didn't use it right so your conversion rate is is really low and maybe that is something that you can work on to improve it maybe people don't know that they can do that um so that is something that you kind of have to work on and that rate is very important for you to work on right so as soon as you get to that 10k swipe up feature if you don't know what i'm talking about the 10k swipe up feature is something that i'm earning towards so badly because it will really simplify my process um, in being able to share my YouTube videos and these podcasts because I can directly link people to them. So if I have 10,000 followers on my Instagram, I can use the Instagram stories feature where you can just simply swipe up and that way people can engage with my contact directly rather than going to my account, then clicking through the link, then going to the website, then from them going somewhere else. Like that's a long process and people are just going to drop off, right? So if you have that coveted, coveted, I mean, 10K swipe up feature, then you need to just utilize it, you know? So that's it in terms of like quantitative, so numerical data that you can track that is very useful to you. Um, So the best type of data is something that you can replicate and use again and again, right? So quantitative data is something that is very, very, very useful to you. And you just need to milk that for all you've got. And it's the best thing that you can do in terms of growth, right? Because I can sit here and I can make blind assumptions that are kind of obvious, like post more pictures of my face. But it can also serve very useful in terms of are people actually engaging my content? I might think they're engaging with my content, but they're not. And, you know, that's just silly. I, I know that if I post a lot of photos that week I have a higher amount of views on my account it's great I love it I love knowing direct results and I think what I really like about marketing in general is that it's such a creative process but that it also has that kind of metrics that kind of mean that I'm not faking it this is replicable I love it I just I love it anyways moving on to the more uh emotional type of data which is qualitative so it's quality Uh, So it's kind of that, um, as I said before, that je ne sais quoi of data, right? You can't quite put your your finger on it. It's that sort of like feeling kind of data. And it's very difficult to translate it into terms that we can understand and use it to communicate better. So in a way, you might be, in a way, describing it as influence, Right? So that's a little bit of a strange term to put it into a number. And previously we used to work with something called clout. Uh, so with a K, but that's no longer in operation. And a lot of people um, are using alternatives. So something like um, Hootsuite, I think, has one. Let me just quickly check. Yeah, Hootsuite has a similar sort of thing where they give you like a score. Uh, to see whether somebody has some influence and they take a lot of different things into consideration. But you can kind of infer this by yourself. Again, this is very like un, uh, untranslatable data in terms of hard facts, right? But you can kind of assume that if somebody has a large Twitter following, a large YouTube following, a large Facebook following, and Instagram following, then they probably have some influence, right? But on the other hand, if they only have some influence on one platform, then maybe that's not the type of person that you should be looking for, you know? And um, also it's influence in terms of, do people actually listen to that? So again, because this is quite, um, so there's in-house data that you can get and external 
data that you can get um, by using so, sort of some marketing communications tools that you maybe have to pay for. So like Hootsuite, um, they use this kind of stuff all the time. Um, so do some some research around sort of influence and marketing and how to really calculate influence. But that's a whole different topic that I'm not going to be talking about today. So uh, qualitative data is influence and how do you measure influence, right? So it's more of like a question. How do you do that? Okay. And something that you as a business owner, if you're somebody in the, that's maybe got a side hustle, um, is maybe somebody that might be best for you is a micro-influencer because those are really having their moment, right? Um, so those with like a 10K maybe following, they will most likely have a better effect on your audience if they're in a particular niche than if you're blogging to a large, not blogging, if you're uh, using the effect of uh, the influence of a large blogger that isn't in your niche, right? So if let's say your niche is that you're selling to is technology, right? You probably want to use a 10K influencer that talks about um, tech news, about blogging with a small YouTube audience with a micro budget, right? Like that is so so niche, but that will actually have a better effect on the amount of influence that it has on your audience. So that's something that you need to keep in mind, right? And then the last thing is sentiment. And sentiment is also quite difficult to uh, measure, but that is definitely something that we outsource a lot as marketers. And that is working with data. And it's it's very automated in measuring how people feel about a brand. So measuring people's sentiment. Do people love the brand, hate the brand, or are they completely ambivalent around the brand? That is something that you need to quantify through qualitative terms, right? So maybe it uses uh, tweets. So certain companies, like for example, um, Brand24, right? So Brand24 does this quite well. Um, they use machine learning algorithms, and I know a lot of woo-woo. Um, they use machine learning algorithms to measure reach and engagement and sees how the brand does by comparison to what your competitors are doing. Um, and if you've got a lot of negative sentiment uh, on Twitter, maybe, now this is something not very much used in the UK. Like, I don't know whether people love Twitter over here. They don't, they just don't love it. We just don't use it. We just don't need it as much as the US does. Um, so maybe this is not something that's as important to you, but influence and uh, sentiment is something that is a type of qualitative data and it is quite difficult to work with. Hence why you will have to use most likely some other forms of communications, right? But what you as a personal brand, as a person that's listening to this, what you can do is just take control of your data, right? You have um, all of this data available to you. Also, I'm not sure if I mentioned this. Wow. Wow. 16 minutes in. I'm not sure whether we actually like talked about this. Hmm. Okay. So what I mean by all this data available to you, this is of course implied like 90% of people that I know are using this, right? Oh, wow. Bad planning. Hmm. See, this is what I meant with the whole housekeeping thing. I need to learn how to like podcast better, right? But what I mean with having the data is of course implied, but duh, I should have done this earlier, um, is you have a business account for your Instagram that you then connect to your Facebook account because that's how you do it. Um, and you create a Facebook page for your business, AKA you, and that's how you get your analytics. Like, I'm sure that this is obvious, but what if it isn't? Anyways, I said it, there you go. I'm hoping that in the last 
15 minutes that I've been talking to, you haven't been uh, following along 100% creating this. Um, so I'll know for next time I'll podcast better. Okay, so that's it. That's what I have for you for today. And um, yeah, that's it for the main segment and hang around until the next part, which is my question for the day and conclusion. So thanks so much and continue on listening. So the question that I leave you with for today is what can I do with the type of data that I already have? So since you have your business analytics connected to your account, you have at your disposal all of this kind of information and things that you can play around with and twiddle around with. But if you don't have like a big strategy in place on what you're actually going to use your data for, then what's the point? So just ask yourself, what can I do with the data that I already have? So that's my question for today. So this has been the Digital Identity Design Podcast. My goodness, it is such a long podcast name. I'm not denying that. I may need to think of a different name, but I can't go through a third rebranding, can I? Ugh, who cares? It's just a podcast name. A name means nothing. The point of this podcast is to help you carve out a piece of your digital real estate for yourself and for your business. So... It doesn't really matter what the name is as long as we get you up to speed with how you can utilize the internet and all the power that it possesses to build yourself and your business in the online world. So that's it. My name is Anastasia and it's been a pleasure for being uh, with you, accompanying you on this verbal and audio journey. Thank you for being here today. And if you would like to stay in touch with me and perhaps maybe witness some of my other escapades in my daily life, then stay tuned to my Instagram, which is at Anastasia Anatoly or on my YouTube by the same name or on the website AnastasiaAnatoly.com. Thank you so much for being here and I hope you have a wonderful day ahead. And that's it for today. I'll see you in the next episode. And if you want to catch the show notes, then as per usual, they're in the description. Okay, that's it for me. Bye.